Chapter Twenty Two of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty Two, a confession. The glass skimmed past Haskins' head and smashed against the wainscoting. By this time, both men were on their feet. Reb, glaring and furious, but Gerald perfectly calm. A few drops of the claret had sprinkled his face, and he wiped these off quietly there is nothing to be gained by losing your temper reb he remarked don't tell me what to do or what not to do raged the major striding towards the door which he locked you are in my power here haskins sat down again with a contemptuous laugh so much so that if you opened that door to let me out i should refuse to go don't be a fool reb one would think you were a melodramatic actor do you think that i am afraid of you or of a dozen like you sit down and let us talk quietly over the matter reb walked forward and flung himself into a chair gnawing his moustache somewhat taken aback by haskins aplomb usually when he asserted his undeniably strong will his opponents sat down and obeyed but the major recognized readily enough that he had a determined man to deal with and moreover knew that he could not get the better of him by treachery since the silbury police were aware of haskins whereabouts the pixies house already had an unpleasant reputation and reb did not wish an inexplicable disappearance to take place there he would willingly have got rid of this man who so persistently crossed his path but the risk was too great and as man to man gerald was more than able to hold his own reb was no fool and for a moment he mentally confessed himself beaten i ask your pardon for losing my temper he said wiping his forehead but no man can sit quietly and hear himself accused of woman murder defend yourself then said gerald relighting his pipe which had gone out during the episode there is no need for me to make a defence snarled the other i think there is geary may hold his tongue since he appears to be devoted to you but his wife having left her husband will certainly speak out what can she say asked reb taking another glass of claret that you went to this place on the night and about the time of the murder you went away some time after i left and did not return until two in the morning major reb sat moodily looking at the tips of his slippers he saw well that gerald was right and if the young man as he probably would supported mrs geary in making trouble very unpleasant questions might be asked why the devil do you interfere in my business he asked between his teeth because i love mavis durham she is dead you can't be sure of that then you know cried the major starting to his feet now how should i know anything when you have exonerated me from complicity in her flight argued gerald dexterously skirting the subject if i had run away with mavis she would be my wife by this time and would have passed her honeymoon in prison growled reb quite convinced by gerald's quiet tone i think not i should have fought for my wife and i intend to search for her and fight for her still you'll never find her if she were alive she would have been captured long ago ah it would please you no doubt to see her hanged no on my soul no cried the major beginning to walk to and fro i only want to see her happy she was happy here he added as gerald laughed unpleasantly she was happy until you came and disturbed her poor brain her very clever brain contradicted the young man acidly pshaw 
major am i a fool that you should talk to me in this way whatever you may state to the outside world for the sake of your illegal income you know perfectly well that mavis is perfectly sane she is not would she have killed bellaria if sane oh you are trying to keep up that fiction also it is not fiction insisted reb obviously in earnest i will admit that the girl's brain was stronger than i chose to tell anyone outside this room all the same i believe that weary of being shut up she tried to escape on that night bellaria came to stop her and mavis then must have stabbed her remember bellaria had geary's knife do you really believe this asked gerald quite puzzled i swear that i do come haskins let us talk plainly since there is no one to hear us don't you believe it yourself no i do not you if any one killed bellaria why should i because you knew that i would take the girl away and marry her to put her presumed insanity beyond all doubt you murdered bellaria and placed the crime on the poor girl's shoulders in this way should she be found you secure her income for life since she cannot marry that would have been a clever thing for me to do said reb in a quiet way but i had not the brains to conceive such a plot much less the cleverness to carry it out i might in a fit of rage kill a man capable of defending himself i certainly should never raise my hand to stab a defenceless woman whatever provocation i might have you were here about the time of the murder said haskins as he wrinkled his brow in perplexity reb spoke very earnestly i was since mrs geary has let the cat out the bag i may as well confess and you will see how groundless your suspicions are it was long after ten o'clock when i left the devon maid and i took a lantern with me why did you go at all to search for your confounded canoe geary told me about it and so did bellaria who learned where it was hidden from mavis yes i told mavis well well i wanted to find it and break it up so that you should no longer get across the pool and climb the wall i walked over the hills and lost my way for a time it was close upon twelve o'clock when i got to the pool i searched for the canoe and could not find it i heard a shriek inside the grounds of this house and you went to see what it was not at the moment i knew that bellaria being always terrified for reasons you need not know pardon me i know all about the tanna society reb looked astonished but made no comment being too occupied in exonerating himself then you know that she suffered greatly from nerves and was afraid of being discovered and killed often she shrieked at night as mavis told me and at times when here late i heard her myself i therefore merely thought that bellaria was in one of her mad fits and went on searching about one o'clock i climbed the bank and crossing the stream by the bridge to leegarth i went to the gate of the pixies house wondering if you had dared to come there after seeing me i found the gates opened and bellaria dead as i was stooping over the body geary came running from the house he said that he had followed me to tell about your shooting him in the arm and on finding bellaria's body he had gone to look for mavis she had vanished i searched the house also and could not find her i therefore came back to denley with geary making him promise to say nothing of our midnight visit why asked gerald straightly why echoed the major looking surprised when you were meddling with my affairs had you known of that visit at the time you would have denounced me to the police and i should have had great difficulty in clearing myself i held my peace 
and i tell you that i really believed as i believe now that mavis had stabbed Valeria so as to get her liberty why did you not believe that some emissary of the tanna society had found out Valeria's hiding-place and had killed her you mean venosta said reb hurriedly well i own that after the first shock of surprise i did suspect venosta as mrs crosby had shown me the coral hand and had told me the use she put it to did she know about the society asked gerald she declared that she was ignorant of its existence so she was but i knew about the society at naples fifteen or sixteen years ago when i rescued Valeria from its clutches no i don't believe venosta killed Valeria, although he would have done so i am sure had he known where she was hiding but he did not and who could have told him not mrs crosby although you mentioned Valeria's name and whereabouts confound you as mrs crosby knew nothing of the tanna society well haskins you must see now that i am innocent it looks like it i admit but everything fitted in so well with your plans that i naturally thought you guilty then you see that i am not snapped reb much ruffled if i were would i confess my midnight journey to you seeing that mrs geary is about to make it public i think you would have had to in the long run retorted gerald sharply she mustn't do that muttered reb still walking and becoming much agitated for he was beginning to realize his danger she will now that her husband can no longer terrorize her you are in a very awkward position my advice to you if you are really as innocent as you pretend to be is to search out mavis and hand over her income after all by the will you need not account for what you have spent up to date and you have had a long run for your money you say that because you want the income yourself i could do with it and when i marry mavis i shall certainly insist upon justice being done to her i would take her without a penny as you well know but i am not such a fool as to refuse six thousand a year along with a pretty clever wife well then find mavis and we shall see cried reb quite out of temper and throwing himself into a chair for you to accuse her when she is found no thank you first i want to prove her innocence you will find that difficult not with your help major reb grew violent damn you i say that i believe the girl may be innocent and surely i have exonerated myself i may think so but the public the public need never know anything about it see here haskins you love this girl and you seem to think that she is still alive good i make a bargain with you give me three thousand of this six thousand a year belonging to the durham estate and you can marry mavis quietly and take her to america or the colonies no one will think to find the notorious mavis durham and mrs gerald haskins thus everything will be settled and i can marry mrs crosby as i greatly want to with a quiet heart what say you i refuse your offer said gerald calmly mavis shall have her character cleared and shall have nothing or all of her income reb rose and snapped his fingers do your worst he said trying to suppress his anger find mavis and marry her but be prepared for me to have her condemned for Valeria's murder and shut up in an asylum i hope to prove her innocence said haskins quietly even if you do snarled reb becoming reckless when he found himself so beset you may lose the money that is impossible it belongs to mavis to the real mavis 
gerald rose guessing that reb referred to the other twin what do you mean by that reb mavis has a sister yes you may look but charity bird is the real mavis or at least i can prove it to be so there is a likeness between the girls i admit said gerald pretending ignorance but it is ridiculous to say that they are sisters they are twin sisters sit down and i'll tell you all about it but that you can make so much mischief i should not say a word but when you know the truth for your own sake you may hold your tongue and give me half the income without a word haskins resumed his seat marvelling at thus having been able to force reb's hand without revealing his suspicions the major hastily swallowed another glass of claret and began to speak in a hurry i was in a gurkha regiment in india some twenty-five years ago gerald interrupted i thought you were in a west indian regiment later later said reb testily don't interrupt i exchanged to jamaica a few years later but in india i had a brother officer who was my greatest friend his name was julian durham and he had six thousand a year against my six hundred he was not very strong and always said that as he had no relatives he would make me his heir then he married a silly flirting girl with whom he quarrelled and my hopes were thus dashed to the ground did you aid the quarrel asked gerald delicately yes replied reb shamelessly the wife stood in the way of my getting a fortune from julian and i tried to part husband and wife i succeeded for more than a year after the marriage mrs durham went to bombay with the intention of living apart from her husband what a scoundrel you are reb said haskins astonished at the cold-blooded way in which the man recounted his villainy the major laughed harshly i only tell this to you and you don't matter he retorted outside if you say anything i shall deny all and who will believe you haskins however to continue we were stationed in the far north of india and i escorted mrs durham to bombay where she intended to embark for england at bombay she was taken ill and died giving birth to twins i didn't want a couple of girls on my hands and i knew that julian could not live long so i paid the nurse to take one of the children the eldest mind you to simla and to get rid of it somehow she sold it i believe to a juggler's wife and afterwards mrs pelham then on tour bought the child in calcutta to bring up that child is charity bird can you prove this yes be quite certain of that the ayah and the juggler's wife are still alive well then that disposed of one twin i brought the other back to the north of india to her father and she was christened mavis julian was very ill so made a will in my favour and in favour of his child i was to be her guardian and to enjoy the money until she married then i was to hand it over without accounting for what i had spent in this way julian hoped to satisfy me for his old promise to make me his heir and of course i agreed and you said nothing of the other twin no why should i one brat on my hands was enough afterwards julian came home to brighton and died it was at brighton that he made his will as you know i came back from india with mavis and to cut off all association with those who knew her and durham i exchanged into a west india regiment and took her to jamaica i sold out fifteen or sixteen years ago and brought the child here after a tour in italy it was in naples that i found bellaria she was a singer and had betrayed some man belonging to the tana society i don't know the exact story but she was in danger of death so i took her by stealth to devonshire and made her nurse to mavis and geary 
he was my servant in jamaica in devonshire at barnstaple he met with his wife and as i wanted some one to watch the pixies house i established him at the devon maid making him a present of the freehold gerald rose and you paid for it out of mavis's money of course i did only you mistake the money doesn't belong to mavis until she is married she will be married to me the moment that i can find her said gerald grimly stalking to the door wait a bit called out reb if you marry her without promising me the three thousand a year i shall prove the identity of charity and she will get the lot when she marries todd macandrew he's in love with her you know you will get left you cannot take the money from mavis her name is mentioned in the will said gerald coolly and tried the door which was locked i say open this confound you major Reb flung the key across the room and haskins fitted it into the lock before he could open the door Reb continued don't be a fool in your own interest haskins i shall swear that charity is mavis and your beloved will lose all you can scarcely do that in the face of the story you will have to tell mrs palamodon and the juggler's wife and the ayah can prove that charity is the missing twin and i dare say mavis's baptismal certificate can be found her name in the will makes her the heiress then i'll tell about charity and prove her identity cried reb starting furiously to his feet and she will at least get half i don't care if she does retorted gerald flinging open the door but you had better give the money to me and then i'll be silent as to charity being durham's daughter no major i don't care for your crooked ways i'll find mavis and marry her probably she will be quite willing to have the income with her twin three thousand a year will be enough for her and for me good day major find some other man who is willing to become such a blackguard as you are reb caught the decanter and slung it across the room it only crashed against the closed door and when reb ran forward to pursue the man who flouted him he found the door locked on the outside End of chapter 22